This past year, there have been days that I have felt alone. I live with a four and a two-year-old, so I'm almost never alone for even a second, but still felt alone. And I'm not talking about the kind of alone that can be cured with making a lunch date with a friend. No, I'm talking about an almost systemic level of alone. For the last 18 months, the optimist in me has said we can get through it looking to the next step, the next alleviation from a pandemic, from a lockdown in our homes to being able to engage with masks and social distancing, to the world opening up slowly month after month, to the harsh snap back when Delta came rushing in and told us, no, once again, we'd be delivering these high holy day words to a camera. But that also isn't the type of alone I'm concerned with. No, the type of alone I'm referring to in this moment is one that I did not even discover in myself until I began to dig deep, past the optimism, past determination, into unknown. As we move forward day by day, we're exposed to a deeper-seated isolation. It's not that others are unreachable or unapproachable. No, it's something about the foundation of how we've decided to operate. A learned behavior that I myself manifested during the last year and a half, where I stopped calibrating my thoughts and feelings with trusted confidants. I stopped reaching out and asking for that help. I was sure that I could do it. And what's even wilder is that the core of this issue actually comes from the most positive attributes of this last year. Our ability to access our resources and work remotely, achieve our goals with technology, and keep our economy going through an enhanced infrastructure that we essentially adopted overnight. And yet, this same capability drove me to often not bounce ideas off of a trusted friend, to Google longer and think deeper, but not connect in a genuine way like I could have if I walked office to office. The very tools that made it possible to survive during these last 18 months inadvertently made me worse at reaching out. And it led me to think about this simple idea. What issue did that cause most? And it was asking for help. No judgment. It's not a sign of weakness. We ask for help when we're in need. However, it isn't actually about asking for help either. It's about accepting help when it's offered. That's the harder task at hand. That's what we've all rejected before, said no thank you, declined politely because we could do it ourselves. Though we could do it alone, we, we'd question our own capabilities if someone else had to help us. Whew. About a month ago, I was sitting at Cafe Lux with a friend talking about all kinds of things. Health, the kids, the pandemic, you name it. When suddenly a truck with the Anawalt logo came to a screeching halt and everything in the back of the truck came flying off. Pallets of plywood, 30 to 40 bags of mixtures, and bundles of two by four. Cars started to congest behind the driver. He looked unbelievably stressed. And we watched as a gridlock of sunset began. There was about eight of us, all from different ages, adolescent to senior, standing on the sidewalk now watching. And I yelled to the driver, Can I help you? And to my shock, he answered, Yes. Please, 
I would really appreciate that. So eight people suddenly got to work. A police officer came by two. Now there's nine of us. The plywood's being picked up by twos. There's a line literally passing the bags of mixture. Next thing you know, there's someone organizing the truck and one last person sliding in the two by fours. Seven minutes. Seven minutes later, a disaster of the entire pickup truck was resolved. Seven minutes later, the driver drove off to deliver all the goods. Seven minutes later, all of the traffic lifted. Why? Because he accepted help. He didn't let his machismo or some level of shame get in the way. He accepted help. And that's not the norm in this society. In our American society, we have this notion that accepting help makes you less. That you would be less worthy. It's about who can stay at the office latest. Who can accomplish the most on their own shoulders. Who can be a problem solver all for their own. But that's not what our brilliant and timeless tradition has to offer. In times of mourning, we turn to Psalm 121, a sigh and nigh, and it literally opens with the recognition of help being godly. In a time in which we know that we would feel the most alone, disconnected from a loved one who is now lost, we turn to God's presence and say, this is the kind of help we rely on. We say, I turn my eyes to the mountain. From where will my help come? My help will come from that of God, maker of heaven and earth. Not only is help expected and authentic, we directly give credit to the divine for such a gift as help. Our tradition makes the helper a companion, a rower in the boat, but most importantly, a godly presence. And there's a teaching of our sages that all human beings are created in a divine image and therefore linked to God by a divine spark that's embedded deep in each of their souls. Each containing this divine spark at the core of what it means to be B'Tselem Elohim. So further, we have to find ways to nurture that divine spark, to elevate this moral worth and its dignity linking us to the divine. So how can we nurture that? How can we celebrate the spark of the divine in each other? Accepting help literally aids this divine interaction. It brings two souls closer together when we allow ourselves to recognize we can build something greater connected. During Rosh Hashanah, I actually mentioned Psalm 145. Hallelujah. When we turn and say, Poteach et yadecha, umasbiach lekochai ratzon, You give it open-handedly, feeding every creature to its heart's content. God offers help openly once again. Proof that the divine presence is what aid and help are. But this time in a psalm focused in joy. Joy is at the core of what it means to accept and embrace help. Joy in ourselves that we know we are not alone. Joy in the person who offers help knowing that their effort is worthwhile and joy from God watching as we allow this divine interaction to take place. Asking for help should be championed, not tucked under the rug. It should be elevated as the way in which we celebrate divine encounters in our holy community. So now I want to talk about TikTok. There's a TikToker named Demi. 
And she's actually doing a very ambitious thing, trading a bobby pin all the way until she can get a house. That's right. She said, I'm going to trade this bobby pin and I'm not going to stop until I have a house. She went bobby pin to earring, to margarita glasses, to a vacuum, a snowboard, an Apple TV, multiple pairs of sneakers. The saga is infectious. And before long, she had millions of followers. Creative, hard work, dedication, and a heavy, heavy leaning on that community that just appeared allowed this project, this crazy experiment, to begin to work. Who knows why people trade? Maybe they have an extra pair. Maybe they're over the item they have. Maybe they want to be a part of Demi's journey. I mean, at one point she had tractors from the 1940s and Chipotle even got involved. Trading a celebrity card of unlimited Chipotle that she was then able to turn into the next trade. It's insanely ambitious. It's crazy and it's quite silly too. And yet, by following all of the voices, all of the people trying to chime in, all of the people wanting to be a part of her journey, she's pulling it off. It's incredible to watch five million people tune in each time she announces that trade. So is she less successful for having to lean so heavily even on people she's never met? Or is she wildly successful for recognizing this glorious piece of truth on earth? A few weeks back in our Torah of Kitavo, we read blessings and curses. And there's a specific curse that almost haunts me. This notion that God will afflict you with madness, blindness, and you will move about the room at noon as if a blind man in the dark. And even the rabbis are intrigued by this. Why would the Torah go to specify a blind man in the dark? They're blind. Dark light shouldn't matter. Their insecurities and and fear should be the same. So why specify in the dark? So Rabbi Yossi shares a story. He says, once I was walking in the dark of night and I stumbled across a blind man holding a torch. And I asked, why? Why are you walking around with a torch? You cannot see light. And the blind man responded, as long as a torch is in my hand, people see me and they save me from the stumbling blocks, from the pits of darkness, from the fears that I have in front of me. And Rabbi Yossi explains that throughout his life, he was troubled by one verse of Torah in which a blind man would be moving about in the darkness. But after this encounter, he realized that's the actual threat here. For a blind man to walk around in the light, they have the confidence that someone will come to their aid. But if it's in the dark, they are truly and utterly alone. Let this story be a reminder to each and every one of us, accept the help on our own journeys. It doesn't take away the ownership of the journey you've had to take in assistance or companionship along the way. We all go through periods in our life completely lost and reaching out for guideposts and security rails, terrified of all the stumbling blocks that might be in our own path. But in these moments, we should flip Have full confidence, not fear. Shine light on our own distress and allow others to step forward and alleviate our suffering. When you accept help, you allow an entire new world to unfold. 
an entire world of possibilities right in front of you. A complete refresh to your day, an endless amount of potential. To not accept help would be to neglect the brilliance of what we can achieve together. What God created with each of those divine sparks. So we thank God for the gift of being in holy community, of all being able to connect, even if we feel like there's a bit of a disconnect. Because at some point, we're going to need that support system. And if we allow each other to step in when we are ready, there is nothing that is insurmountable in front of us. So together, when we are willing to accept help, there is nothing we can't do. Gamar Hatimatova.